Greetings, adventurers. Welcome to The Confused Orc is Me, your portal to a world where chaos meets comedy in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. Embrace the unexpected and let's see adventure take us everywhere. After all, in a world of D&D, anything can happen. And often does. And now to start today's adventure, here's our Dungeon Masters, Kyle Stovener and Ryan Wells. When we last left our heroes on D&D, the confused orc is me. We did a little bit of a kind of 20 minute excerpt of... (laughs) Uh, what a interaction in the game would be. My name is Kyle Stobener. I am, I've been a GM for 20 years or so, and joining me is my fellow GM. My name is Ryan Wells, and yeah, about 20 years, give or take, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah. And with us, we have a confused orc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today, I think we are going to kind of bounce off the the interaction we just had and talk about other aspects of this game that we love so much and what you can expect in, in D and D and playing. Cause that was just kind of a character on character interaction, starting a starting excerpt. But this game has action, adventure, exploration, combat, And we're not going to get too heavy into the very specific rules, the very specific mechanics, like, because you can, you know, there's, there are complex games and they can get really bogged down. We want to really focus on the eagle eye, kind of focusing on like what you can expect from a tabletop RPG when you're playing like, like D&D when you are, you are playing as a player for the first time. So my question as the confused orc is how do you manage the as the GM or the dungeon master the balance between combat encounters, role playing, storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, con- completing a quest? Um, you know, I'm an old video gamer, so you know, I've played Zelda and there's a few other quest oriented role playing games in D&D. It sounds really exciting because you can let your imagination the wireframe story that the GM brings and the dice can make anything happen, Mm -hmm. which I think is why you guys play. But I'm guessing because I'm confused. Sure. Huh? Maybe you can explain the various aspects of, you know, what, how does a GM balance all that? I think it's, you know, if you play a lot of video games, you play a lot of these quest-based games, Zelda, you know, your Final Fantasies, you've got your, you know, even a lot of JRPGs and even things like Skyrim where it's a lot more open world, open to interpretation. You know, so many of them, uh, especially nowadays, are inspired by D&D. Well, you have like um, Boulder's Gate 3 that just came that out. just came out. It just is D&D. It's literally actually D&D. Yeah. And you have... D&D can be the best, it's almost the best video game you've ever played, because you are you can kind of build I, I, your I'm own. I'm interrupting. Yeah. Did they create a video version of D&D? Uh-huh. They have? It's called Baldur's Gate 3, and it actually just it's a recently new thing? came out. Yep. 
But for the last 20 plus years that you guys have been playing, it's all based on dice and information Mm -hmm. sheets and the book of knowledge. Yeah. And those, those still exist, but recently they made a game with the actual D and D mechanics in it. If anyone is looking for a like really controlled dip into D and D, it's a great place to start. Well, let's stay old school. Let's stay old school. We're doing pen and paper. Because I want to learn. Finding the balance is hard. It is is difficult from a DM's perspective. Again, the players don't need to worry about this. It is entirely on the the DM, the GM, to find that balance. And it's all about... The first priority for me as a GM is what will be fun and enjoyable to my players. What is going to make them not only having a really good time, but be comfortable, be feeling like they are the main characters of this amazing quest and giving them the itch for rolling a lot of dice and doing combat and doing the fun mechanics of the combat, but also these emotional moments of character interaction and exploring these fantastic worlds. Generally, I, and again, it, it depends. It's, it depends from GM to GM. Yep. Um, I have maybe, uh, I would say sometimes we have games where I don't have combat. Yeah. We just, it's literally just talking. It's just theater of the mind. Mm-hmm. And then the next session, I try to have a little bit of, of, combat where characters need to you know do a lot of dice rolling and deal damage and and do all that kind of stuff and then it's right back into it so i'd probably say out if we're looking at a 100 percent like uh if we're looking at percentage maybe 20 balance yeah 20 percent might be combat for me Mm -hmm. 50 percent is the role-playing part and then the rest of it is interacting with the world exploring around very much like a Zelda very much, you know, they inspire each other. Video games and D and D inspire each other, and it's very much like that. The only difference is the GM ha- is in con- full control. So, with that being said, Kyle's really explained how he does it, but I think every dungeon master or game master is a little different. So, yeah. Ryan, when you lay out a story. He was talking about 20%, 50%, yeah. 30%, you know, combat relationships and then the story itself. Uh, what do you do when you're a GM? So my realm of GMing is a bit different. Um, the I way- imagine they're all a little different. Oh, yeah. Oh, and absolutely. that makes it even more interesting because yeah. you take turns being the GM, right? You could. If you have a group of four or Forever five people. GM. Yeah, we. If you have a group of four or five people, there there is something called the Forever GM. Yeah. I'm I'm my group's Forever GM. I'm also oh. my Forever GM as well. So. I would love to play a game sometime if anyone out there can get me in a game, please. I just want to play this game. Um, oh, I didn't know that that happened. Okay, yeah, so I'm learning something. But Ryan, you were about to say when you GM. Yeah, so like I said I do it a little bit differently. So the way I approach it is it. It's a group dynamic. So it is, it can't be all on the GM. It can't be all on the players. You're meeting in the middle. Because what I found in, in you know, all the years of playing is that, so let's take Scott, for example. I don't know what mm-hmm. type of um, gamer you are, but let's say you are action oriented. You prefer going guns ablaze and you do not care about role playing whatsoever. You're there for the stats, you're there for the loot, and you're good to go. 
I have players who are like that, who are just like, I don't really care about the role-playing aspect all that much. I'm just there to roll dice, ex- make explosions, kill things, call it a day. Then I have the Call of Duty. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then I have another friend of mine. He is 99% role-play and 1% combat. He hates combat. He thinks it is just so boring for him. If there's combat involved, he mentally is just checked out. But when it comes to role-playing, he's like Vampire the Masquerade. He's like, I'll talk for years. <laughs> and that's, About his character yeah. and interactions. And that's where I have to, when I start a campaign idea, I have to go, who am I playing with at that point? Because it's really important to find that balance of like, hey, four out of the five players just care about combat. So this is, go- this is a combat campaign now at this point um, with role-playing thrown in there. But then if I'm playing another campaign where four out of the five players are all about role-playing, Boom, now it's a role-playing campaign. And then there's the players like myself, I'm sure you as well, um, who are a mixture of both. Who are like, I love role-playing. I think it's vital to the campaign. But also, if I can't kill something every once in a while, I'm also kind of, you know, I have spells for, I have fireball for a reason. You know, like, I'm not going to sit on that. So when I, when I, I start there, I say, what do my players want? And then once I've kind of figured that out, that's when I start building the, the, the building blocks of, where I'm going to go with the campaign. Is it more combat? Is it more role-playing? And I think that has to be a team effort thing because if you are not talking with your players and if they're not mm-hmm. talking with each other, that can cause issues where it's like one player is like, hey, I've been playing for six weeks now and I don't really like this campaign because it's all about combat. I don't really like combat. Then you're delegating. You're talking to your players and trying to see, like, how do we get to that same page? Well, I, I think it was mentioned early on that one of the cool things about D&D is that it's up to the game master, dungeon master, mm-hmm. to make sure that it plays into yeah. the player's yeah. interest. Yeah. And so that makes it more personalized. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're playing Risk or Monopoly, it's pretty innocuous. It, sure. it doesn't matter if you're the hat or the little <laughs> dog. Yeah. You have to do the same things yeah. and your personality doesn't come into it. And I think what makes this game interesting to me as a confused orc mm-hmm. hmm, is the fact that you can bring your interest and your personality into it. So, uh, Kyle, what kinds of stories have you told in D&D? Uh, I feel like, yeah, I've told a ton of different stories. Again, going from these single-session one-shots, mm-hmm. you know, I've told horror stories. I've told uh, light-hearted, advent- like, Discworld adventures, mm-hmm. Monty Python-esque comedy games. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where you're, it's just absurdist humor the dead. entire time, exactly. Um, but I've also told like heart wrenching dramas where I have had players crying yeah. at the end of the night for just like I love these characters so much. Yeah. Um, really, because yeah. you get the especially when it gets to, my my wheelhouse is combining the three because I'm a monster. But when you have these characters you've been playing for a year or two, you have these and we'll get into it. I think um, maybe next time where we're talking maybe about a couple more of our very specific stories, but you have these characters you've been following the story of for forever. Even if it starts as there was a goblin who exploded and everybody had a, had a good time in the first session. It, you go through this plot and the DM has this, you know, 
Star Wars esque, Lord of the Rings esque story that has an over. Like I think we were mentioning off air, the, there's this overarching plot that uh, the players are following along and they're making their choices through and how they interact with this plot, and so they get invested and they get attached to these characters. So when you have really intense moments where these characters are brought into something really dramatic or they're brought into a moment of levity and comedy, it's that much more intense and that much funnier. That's why I think it's really important to have this communication Mm -hmm. with your players and really have an idea of what they want out of your game. What's your motivation? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, What motivates them? Why they want to be rolling these dice? Uh, Because it is, again, I've been saying the king of all improv games because you are balancing so many things and trying to tell this amazing, the, the best story you can. Even like, we're not even talking mechanics. This could be in any of these tabletop role-playing games. And I'd love to pitch, maybe on the final episode of this little batch, pitching the idea of different the different kind of games. Because there are some games that are really, they're like really heavy on the rules where yeah. you are have these big sheets of like, okay, I've got all these char- things that describe my characters. But there are also some games that are really light on the rules that are a little bit more focused on the storytelling. So these, but these are all uh, conversations you have with your players of kind of what kind of game you want to tell. So Ryan, you know, Kyle explained all the diversity in the stories and stuff. When you start, let's say there's a group of four friends and a dungeon master and you're in a game, is it solidified that group or can people come and go or do people leave and come in a story because you know if you're doing a four or six hour stint it's the same group but if you're doing something for three months or three years as you guys mentioned you must have the ability to add and subtract characters is that possible or is that not done in D? I think it depends on the dm and the story the style so like one of the campaigns i'm doing uh we've been doing it for about a year and a half two years and we have players because, again, we all have jobs. We have families. We have all these key things in our life that we sometimes have to step away for. So, you know, I've had campaigns where I'm like, all right, cool. Well, we have a new friend of mine named Lance. He's going to come in. He's going to be a druid for six sessions. And he can't really stay past that. But he's just here for that blip. And then that's it. And he's out the door. Because so I would think that would add a, an additional dimension to the game that you have. a, a it Much like a... Um, the NPC characters yeah. that kind of come and go, yeah. that, that, how they can affect the story. Yeah. yeah, and I have I have friends of mine who are out of state who come in every once in a while, and when they do show up, they don't they're not going to be part of the campaign long term, but they are there for one session to play these NPCs, the crazy goblin who's now on fire, and that's it. And then once you know once we're done with the session, they go back to whatever wherever home they came from, and then that's the end of it. Well, we're so lucky to have here in the studio an NPC professional. And before we we go into the next session, to end this session, I think each of us should come up with a character and see how the NPC might approach that character. So, for example, we're, we've just... Uh, had s'mores over the fires of the dead people. Yes. <laughs> and Lovely. We're, we're, we're leaving. And I, as a confused orc wander into a castle and meet a, a grand knight 
Mr. NPC, yeah, what's up? what would that interaction be like? Okay, so you want a you want a a knight, a grand knight from like 16th century or something. Yeah, so I'll, I'll so like maybe knock on the door. <clears throat> uh, I'm I'm confused, huh? Excuse me, sir. My name is Sir Reginald. Who are you? Uh, I'm a dork that confused. Speak up, man. I'm I'm confused. Well, how are you doing? Confused? My name is Sir Reginald. What do you want me to do now? Well, uh, well Sir Reginald, I, I just want you to let me in because it's cold outside. May I enter your castle? Let you want to come into my castle? Sure, come on in. <laughs> All right, uh, Ryan, would you pick a character for our NPC artist? All right, so uh, what is your motivation today as the NPC? Like, what you know, when you coming in... You what tell is me. Your, no, no, okay. you're the dungeon master. You're, you're, you you have to tell him. This is your show. Dude. So you've seen this knight now. Now we're going to transform to something completely different. The, uh, we're going to go with something elven, something a little fancier, something with a little bit more air in his breath. And he is a sorcerer, uh, and he is one of the sorcerers of the kingdom. And he is there with the knight as well, and he's listening to this conversation. He's now butting in. What, what would you, Reginald, would you get out of my cupboard? I'm sorry, sorry. That's, I'm, I should be more flighty. Uh, Reginald, please remove yourself from my kitchen. I can't have any knights in the kitchen. It just gets too rude. Who are you? I'm the confused orc that a was... A confused orc? I was looking for warmth in... in looking in, for warmth? <laughs> I repeat everything you say. Can, can I stay in here where it's warm by your ovens? Sure, but just... In fact, why don't you have a seat in my oven? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, uh, my elfin friend. Yes. What am I now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, I, do you have an NPC character that uh, we can use our artist for? Well, where we're at, where we're at currently in, so, this, in this scenario, <laughs> I suppose you are now the, this is just an improv game now. Um, you <laughs> put all the work on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is, I'm like, getting paid for this, right? Yeah. yeah. You are now the actual, you're the chef. In this kitchen, I'm cooking him. You, yeah, you. Yeah. But you don't want him to realize that you are actively trying to cook him. Yeah. But well, what type of character? So yeah. he's been an elf. He's oh, been the knight. You are a British cat, a cook. A cat man. Oh, cat man. You are a. They're called tabaxi in D and D. You are a. You are a cat folk uh, chef mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who is uh somewhat unhinged but like quietly unhinged yeah, so like yeah. like a real cat like a, you're yeah, a real cat, cat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but a uh, bipedal bipedal cat man anthropomorphic so like half man half cat yeah half man half think cat. cats think cats wow yeah wow npc I'm coming. I'm. T- I, this is this is a lot to take in. I really for an NPC. threw him a curveball there. So I'm a cat. I'm a half man, half cat man. And in a I, castle, I, cooking I, I ha- I'm in. You're in my oven. I invited the the the, the Merlin guy invited you into the oven. He's and you're in the oven now. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. So. And your backstory I, is you were part of the mob at one point. Oh. You're going to keep adding. Okay. <laughs> this is the the yeah. most, like, I would like okay. everybody at home to know this is not... This is not exactly how D&D works. This is exactly how D&D now works. Now it's very funny. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> wow, yeah. So, uh, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm, I'm the Merlin dude left. And I'm sitting here at the oven. And I got this, 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 this guy. This guy here is sitting in the oven. He's cooking. And I'm making um, uh, dude soup. And... <laughs> And I'm 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 pouring some some nice some sauce over the dude in the oven. Yeah. What happens now? <laughs> well, let's hear for our NPC player. Yeah. I'm only as good as you guys. Can I hire you for a Y campaign? To bring you in as a guest star? I think. Oh. I think Bob would well, be a, a great Well, the reason GM. I went the reason I went that way is that we have Bob Stobener, who's terrific at dialects and voices, mm-hmm. helping us out as the NPC. But it, one of the things I was concerned about was when you're creating memorable and diverse non-player characters, which is what we were just playing with. Um, are there any tips for from the you know, you dungeon masters in creating those characters. I would say you, I really like use your experience, use your life experience, people you've met, things you've interacted with, things you've seen in media, you know, you are able to, I'm able to come up with a lot of characters that actually have staying power. um, Just because they, First, start with how they fit into the story, mm-hmm. like a random NPC with no actual bearing on the plot is, is you know, fun to have around sometimes. But I, I kind of prefer to have more streamlined story experience. That being said, if you just need like a one shot thing, if you have a funny we have a character, this this might be a joke for exactly uh, me and Ryan. But we have a character in a campaign I'm running right now. We just need my shop owners are all joke characters, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So players go into a shop to buy something. I will oh, usually okay. make a joke character up. Sure. Um, so that makes sense. We had a tanner. so a leather worker that needed. I, we just needed something. So somebody wanted to buy a vest. Mm-hmm. And uh, I invented Leroy Jerkins. Ooh, that's nice. um, oh, that's nice. Bravo. And <laughs> Leroy Jerkins. Is a tiny. We decided as a a half orc, half halfling. So he was a tiny orc, a tiny man with an orc sized head, and he would he talk just like stout as heck. He would he'd talk like this in a very tiny voice until he said his name, and then he would yeah. yell it as loud as he could Ooh, because nice. obviously it's yeah. Leroy Jerkins. So does he yell his name when they're leaving, or they're entering, or when he introduces himself? Just whenever he says his name okay. in normal conversation. <laughs> but, um, what about you, Ryan? Are you What do you look for when you're creating an NPC? Uh, my joke answer is don't get attached because I create all these NPCs and then my players don't care about them at all. And yes. then I had one campaign where I created this one-off NPC, had nothing really to do with the plot. I just needed to make up something right then and there. And they adopted this character and then took him everywhere with them. And I 
didn't find a way for him to get out of it. And he ended the campaign with him in the party. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this was Steve. Steve from New York. And he didn't, he was not a, he, no, he was nothing. And now he's like the most important part of the campaign. <laughs> it's, uh, again, it's up to the players. Yeah, yeah, we have what they latch on to. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've had some fun with our NPC character. Thank you, Bob Stobener, for joining us. We also uh, learned a little bit more about D&D. Our next session will be the two Dungeon Masters comparing notes. So be sure to check back with D&D and the Confused Orc is me. Huh? Thank you for listening to D&D, the Confused Orc is me. We hoped you learned a lot about Dungeons and Dragons today. And we hope you'll be back with us real soon for another episode. Stay tuned, won't you? <laughs>